0: Hey, this is Pastor Chris Jane, and I want to thank you for listening to the Hope Church Sermon of the Week. For more information, check out our website, brhope.church. I hope this message is a blessing to you. Enjoy. Yes, I have lost a little weight. Thank you. Let's settle down. I know know this shirt makes me look like just ready. Uh, No, thank you guys very much. I'm going to need like Probably three times as much energy as you're used to giving, which means no naps, which means, uh, you know, right here. I need good eye contact this morning. I need, um, I need this going on, and I want to see a lot of this. I want, to, I want to, amen. Even if you don't quite get where I'm going, just encourage me. Just encourage me this morning. I need it. I need it, you guys. I'm telling you. It has been a tough year for the Janes. I'm telling you, we are blessed people. We're—I we're, mean, I—I I, I could not be more um, shocked with what God has done with my family. In the we—we we are lucky. We're fortunate people. We're blessed beyond measure. Um, we're extremely um, fortunate and humbled, and and um, don't deserve any of it. But we've been getting the snot beat out of us this year emotionally. You know, we lost Uncle Bob, and foster care is not always easy. Do you know what I mean? It's not supposed to be. We didn't do it because somebody told us it was going to be easy. All right, we knew going in that it was going to be challenging, but it really kind of, you ever just taking a punch right to the chin and things get a little, you know, you get a little wobbly for a second? That's how, that's how it did us. That's how it did us this, this time around. And, uh, I thought my knees were going to go. You ever feel like that? Like you're not sure you can stand? You know, everybody's been there. So, I mean, you reach your limits. There's just some things you're like, all right, that's it, man. Let's throw in the towel. Let's be done with this. You know, my, uh, um, my grandfather, two, two of my grandfathers are both not in good shape. They're both dying. One probably will beat the other to heaven, but, you know, they're both racing there pretty quickly. That's going on. Um, You know, I just, I feel like my confidence has been being rocked daily. You know, like, I've had my confidence shaken in, in the people around me. I've had my confidence shaken in myself. You know, I've had my confidence shaken in the systems that are supposed to protect us all. You know what I mean? The things that you think, you just go along through life and you think they're all doing their part to protect you and then you realize nobody's looking out for you. You know? It's tough, but but God's looking out. It doesn't seem like I can do it, but won't God do it? I'm not sure I can stand this, but won't God do it? I mean thinking about, you know, I've never been so close to to wanting to just throw my hands up and be done. Never been so close to quitting. You know, I'm just being honest with you. It's like, you know, life's just throwing haymakers and you're like, you know, I give, I give, I give, you know. <sighs> Will you guys forgive me if I go a little bit nerdy on you? I'm going to give you a little insight into who I am. And you guys already know that I'm a little bit nerdy. You know I'm a big fan of, of a, certain, uh, a certain great detective. Uh, all right, a certain crusader by the name of Batman. <laughs> Something about who Batman is. has always spoken to me. I could, I, could, I could preach you a sermon about who Batman is that would have you in tears. I'll, I could be in tears mo- if we began to have a real serious conversation about the character of, of the Dark Knight. Uh, it, it would bring you to tears. Um, and I just, I just greatly respect the character. I greatly respect the, um, uh, the integrity of, of the character. So there is a, there's an old story called The Dark Knight Returns. right, Frank Miller wrote it in the 80s. One of the greatest, um, probably one of the greatest, uh, um, not probably, it is one of the greatest um, comic books, graphic novels ever written. But it opens with this scene I think about a lot. And I think you might be able to get something out of this. Um, Will you bring that down just a little? It's so beautiful. Okay, so the book opens like this. This is The Dark Knight Returns. Batman is an old man, okay? Bruce Wayne is older. He's done everything he wanted to do. He's, he's Now he's just looking for the next thrill. And so it opens, he's in a Formula One racing car. This is Bruce Wayne, the, the billionaire. Although back in the 80s, they just said he was a millionaire because a million dollars used to seem like a lot of money to people. So Bruce Wayne, the aged, beat up, scarred, you know, ruggedly handsome and strong. He is racing this car and he's winning, of course. The car starts to come apart. All right. This is all on one page. This is the opening page of this book. The car begins to come apart. He can tell. You know, he he knows what's happening that, that you know, his computers are going crazy and it's smoking now and the car is on fire and he's going through the last turn and the wheels are coming off of this thing. And he is a he is about to die in this fiery wreck. And he says, This would be a good death. He says, This would be a good death. You know, he is wrestling this car to the finish line. He knows he can make it and win. And he says, This would be a pretty good way to go out. And then just at the last second, he says, But not good enough. Not good enough. And he dives out of the car. He's unharmed. He comes back out of retirement. And that's where you guys would know, uh, like the Christopher Nolan Dark Knight series of movies. Is he comes back out of retirement to take care of things? It's fantastic. Anyway, <laughs> but I mean, how many of you have been to right to that point of like, is maybe I'm not getting back up? Maybe this is it. But then you find like something deeper inside yourself, and you say, not good enough. Not yet. I'm not done yet. Speaking of Batman, this is Rocky. I want to I introduce you guys to uh, little Rocky. He, his ears make me happy. This is, this is what I do when there's a hole in the lives of people that I love. I try to fill it with cute things like babies and puppies. So, even though I knew it wasn't a smart idea, um, I knew we had, we got some hurt hearts that need a little cuteness and joy right now and so we added uh, Rocky to the family yesterday. And we named him Rocky to, um, to honor Uncle Bob and his, his favorite old dog Rocky. But um, that's our new little French bulldog with the Batman ears and, I just wanted you guys to, to know about it. But t- this morning, I want to share with you a story. Um, we're going to be in Matthew 8. For those of you who've got your Bibles, we're going to be in Matthew 8. Go ahead and, and get there. I'll join you soon. Um, I want to tell you the story about a man whose son was dying. And it says, uh, it says in, in Matthew that this man was a captain in the Roman army. Because you see, his, his position was his identity. How many of you know your identity is that you're loved by God? He's crazy about you. How many know that... Um, You can identify a soldier by their rank, correct? Many of you have served in the armed forces. Others of you love people who have served in the armed forces. Um, You can always identify a soldier from a distance because they wear their insignia. They wear their identity, so to speak, so that everyone can see. This is a master chief. You can tell pretty sure I have a laser on this thing somewhere. Maybe it's this. Okay, you can see because he has a white eagle with spread wings above three chevrons. That's what those things are. This is a master chief petty officer. This is the highest rank that an enlisted man can achieve in the U.S. Navy. Siobhan's dad retired a master chief. This is a seaman recruit. This is the lowest rank that an enlisted man or woman in the US Navy can hold. Even this is far higher rank than I have ever held. Some people, they, their identity is in a lot of things. They, they'll put their, they choose to let their circumstances Identify them, right? They let, I mean, can I just tell you this morning, you can choose to identify with your sickness, with your disease, or you can choose to identify with your father, who is Jehovah Ropha, the healer, the great healer, who we've seen heal in this house, so many times. You can choose to identify with, with your lack or you can identify as a child of the king, as a child of the man who owns the, thousand, uh, the cattle on the thousand hills. You can, you can identify with how other people think of you and talk about you or you can start identifying with who you really are That's loved by the king. See, your identity is not broken. It's restored. Right? Your identity is um, is not too far gone. It's redeemed. Your identity is not cast aside. It's loved. A couple people recognize good preaching when they hear it in this house. This man's identity was in his position, his rank, his status. Doesn't sound very relevant to today, does it? Actually, nothing's changed at all. But would you stand with me and let's honor the reading of God's word? I got to just get you out of those seats for a second. Let's stand. I'm going to read God's word to you, and then we're going to pray together. This is Romans chapter 8, verse 5. It says this When Jesus entered the village of Capernaum, a captain in the Roman army approached him asking for a miracle. Lord, he said, I have a son who is lying in my home, paralyzed. And suffering terribly. Let's pray. Father God, you know what it is to feel the when your children are hurting, when your children need you. Father, this room is full of your children who need you and love you. I pray your your Holy Ghost would descend on this place, that your love would saturate every fiber of our beings so there was no question in any of our hearts or minds who we belong to or where our identity is, but that it is in you, it's in your love, it's in the fact that you see us as valuable. We thank you, Father. May your, may your revelations be released every time I share the, the wondrous mysteries of, of, of the hope-filled gospel. Have your way in this place, Father. Amen. Amen. Yeah, you can be seated. He said, Lord, I have a son who's lying in my home, paralyzed and suffering terribly. Oh, How many of you have been there as a parent? How many of you have been scared to your core as a parent? You guys remember when Noble was born... He wasn't alive. Okay, he had an Car score of zero. That means he had no functions that, that were measurable. They raced him to DeVos. They pull Siobhan and I into a room to sit down with a doctor who's going to tell us the fate of our child. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like this, but you it's like this rush comes over you from the tip of your head to your, to your toes of fear and, like, heat and pressure all kind of at once, and your mind is racing, and your mind is going 100 miles an hour, and your mind is going from will he, will he live to, you know, will he ever play ball? Will he ever be married? Will he ever have children of his own? That's what your mind does as a parent in that moment. You'll do anything to stop the suffering. You'll do anything to to grab onto some hope. You know, you'll you'll do anything in that moment. And this man came asking for a miracle. This had to have been, I mean, this is, he had to humble himself and come. You know, he had to throw away the status and all of that kind of stuff, and humble himself in front of this man who had no status as far as his culture was concerned. And, and he came asking. But you know, as Noble lay there and he had uh, this little wrap on his head to hold all the wires and oh, cables to his heart, oxygen, all these wires. You know the noble. It means of excellent or superior quality, and I just began to speak that over him. I just began to speak prophecy over him of, of a future and a hope. I began to say, "You are noble. You are ba- you are made of better stuff than this." as his father, I had to stand in faith. And I had to speak those things that weren't as though they were. See, it's not in the mountains where our faith grows. It's in the tough spots. It's in our discomfort. It's in our pain. It's in the valleys that our faith gets a chance to grow. Won't God do it? Jesus responds to this dad. And he says, I'll go with you and heal him. Man, look how willing Jesus is. Jesus is so willing, you guys. Look at this. No, he didn't say like, oh, well, I'm sent to the Jews first. Or like, oh, you don't get the scraps off. He doesn't do anything. With this guy, he just says, I'll go. Come on. I'll go and heal heal your son. I would be ecstatic. But this guy stops Jesus. Says, no, 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 no. Don't bother. Why on earth would you say this? If you really believe Jesus can heal, you want him at your house. You know what I'm saying? You want him to make the trip. But this guy, he knew something that that doesn't make sense to us. See, he was a man under authority, and he had men under him. He understands the chain of order, and he knows where God is in that order. And he says, You don't even have to come to my house. If you just say a word, he says, you don't even have to come to the house if you'll just but speak a word. He came asking for a miracle, but he knew what he needed was just the word, was just the word of God and it would be done because you can stand on the word of God. Even when all else seems like shifting sand. You can stand firm on the promises of God, that every promise in him is yes and amen. You can stand firm on the righteousness of God. You can stand firm. You can believe that when he says something, that, that though the heavens and earth pass away, his word will not pass away. That though the, though the, though the grass withers and the flowers fade, his word will not fade away. You guys are taking me for granted. If you're not careful, you're going to lose me. (sighs) Come on. The Word of God says that the prayer of a righteous man avails much. I can stand on that. Even though I fall down, I know that the Word says that a righteous man, though he get knocked down seven times, he's going to get back up again. If you're hurting, I know that the word says that that the elders will lay hands and they'll pray a prayer of faith and you will be healed. We can stand on these things. We can stand when all else seems like it's falling apart. So, what happens? I love it. He gets it. He gets it. He says, Listen, this is how this works. I tell one to go, he goes. I tell another one to come, he comes. If you just command healing over my son, he'll be instantly healed. This is, what incredible faith. If you will just speak a word, how important is it when everything else is is falling apart in your word? A word in your life, a word in good season can change everything. He hasn't even gotten the miracle yet. And look how happy Jesus is with him. Jesus is astonished. He's like, oh my gosh, he's got greater faith than, than anyone in Israel. I mean, look how happy he is. He says, uh, you can read what he says. Just read it. He's, he's ecstatic because this guy got a hold of something. This guy got a hold of something, something that made God happy, that made Jesus pleased. Hebrews says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith pleases God. Come on, God. Here's what what faith is. It says, Faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. He didn't have the thing he was longing for. But faith becomes the foundation. The Word of God is our foundation. Our faith grows. It says, It's all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. For this captain, he says, You say the word. I'm going to consider it a done deal. Your word alone, God, is enough evidence for me. I consider the case closed. <sighs> Listen to what, Hebrews, what, what the writer of Hebrews goes on to say in verse 3. So, now faith brings our hopes into reality. You, are, are you tired of waiting? Are you tired of asking for the same things? Have you exercised your faith over this? Because it says faith brings our hopes into reality. It becomes the foundation we need to acquire the things we long for. There's something there. If you've been praying the same prayer for a decade, for however long it's been, you've got loved ones that aren't saved. You've got a, a, a sickness in your body you've been dealing with for so many years. Why don't you take this for what it says and begin to exercise your faith? All right, begin to believe the word that God has spoken over you. Believe the word of God as you read it. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. And then he says this. He says, faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke, and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. Do you know the things he said about you? One word from our God and the universe springs into existence. Do you know that he says, my thoughts about you can't even be numbered. You wouldn't believe the things I have to say over you. You are my child and I love you. I've created you with purpose. I've created you in my image. I want to partner with you. I want to change the world with you. I'm not just trying to fill your bank account. I'm trying to fill the world with hope and joy and love and peace. We're trying to rescue a world that is lost. I am not just trying to help you get along at work. I'm trying to help you reach a world that is lost and going to hell without me. We need to get over this stuff start believing in his word so that we can do what we were brought here to do it's time to start screwing around and say won't God do it won't God do it and you know what happens look what happens then Jesus turned to the officer and he said go home all that you have believed for will be done for you and it says his son was healed at that very moment come on At a word, his son was healed immediately because he exercised his faith in that moment. Won't God do it? His son, by the time he got home, he hadn't even seen it yet. He already knew it. He gets home, his son is sitting there healthy and whole. My son, noble, he's seven years old. He's healthy. He's whole. He's bringing joy into the lives of every person that meets him. Won't God do it? Won't God do it? We needed a house. We were set to to do something in Reed City, and God changed everything and said, no, I'm going to open up a door in Big Rapids. I'm going to give you a house. Gave us a house in Big Big Rapids. Won't God do it? Our car broke down. I said, God, your car broke down. What are you going to do about it? Gives us a new car. No problem. That one breaks down. Gave us another one. Won't God do it? Roger and Sylvia needed a car. They don't just get a car. They got an awesome vehicle. Won't God do it? Mike and Becky needed a vehicle. They got a vehicle. Rhonda's foot was busted. The word of the Lord was spoken. It was, she believed in miracles, and her foot was healed. Won't God do it? We all saw it. We were here. Selim had an aneurysm explode in his brain. He's still with us today. God met him in that place, changed his whole life. Won't God do it? Won't he use the situation? Won't he use the valley to put you on the mountaintop? To birth something in you that you're going to need when you get up on top of the mountain? mountain. Siobhan was told she couldn't have a baby. We got two now. Our family's growing all the time. Got another baby yesterday. Our family's growing all the time. Won't God do it? Mike and Becky wanted to be parents for years said it would never happen. They're adopting baby Joel this fall. Won't God do it? Won't he do it? Yeah, but life is hard, Pastor Chris. Well, that's when you stand the hardest. That's when you choke up on the bat and you swing away. It's when you stand firm on what you believe. This is when you step up when it is hard and you say, Yes, God, every promise in you is yes, and I'm going to believe. I'm going to look the problem dead in the eye, and I'm going to say, Not good enough. I'm going to say, I'm not done yet. Not yet, devil. Not today. I'm going to look the problem right in the eye and I'm going to say, you move. I'm not moving. I'm not moving. You move. Reach down inside of yourself. Look that thing right in the face and say, I'm not moving. You move. I will not swerve from my present course. I won't sway with every breeze that comes my way. I won't sacrifice my calling for my comfort. Right. Wow. Stand, stand to your feet with me. I, I feel like I'm going to have an aneurysm. What would happen if we start... What would happen if you start realizing who you are in Christ? That everything he ever did and more is yours. That every power you've read about, every gift, every every miracle, it's yours for the asking. It's yours for the using. It's yours to minister to other people with. We're supposed to get over ourselves so we can get on with the actual mission of helping others to grow in love. Maybe today's the day... We stop acting like children, saying, God, I, won't. You, I, you just won't come to my house. I ain't got all this stuff. He doesn't need to come. If he speaks but a word, your circumstances change immediately. Won't God do it? Pray with me. Father, you are an awesome God, full of power and wonder and majesty. All of creation would s- burst out in song if I didn't sing. You're so incredible, God, that, that, that no matter what happens in our life, no matter what mountains we face, what challenges are in our way, it says all that, all of it, everything you worry about is going to crumble. Everything you're concerned about today will be burned tomorrow. But my word, he says, but my word won't burn away. It's not going to crumble. It is that firm foundation that you can stand on and be secure. Father, we love you so much. Father, I, I pray your grace. Just like last week we learned, it's, you do the saving. We're not earning it. This faith I'm talking about has nothing to do with the grace I was talking about last week. They're partners. You do the saving, God. We do the believing. Help us to believe. Help us with our unbelief, God. I want the kind of faith of that father that if, my, that if my child was dying, that I would be strong enough in my faith to believe that a word alone would do it. That just a word from the mouth of God, a word in right season, could change everything, could bring hope in life. Father, we believe. Help us with our unbelief. Father, I pray a spirit of healing in this place. I think, I think there are... There are spirits that are sick, God. There are spirits that are ill. There are spirits in this room that are hurt, that are damaged, that are broken. Father, I pray for a restoration. I pray for reconciliation. I pray for, I pray for a, a, a healing, a gentle tenderness, God. I pray for just a gentle stretching of our hearts so we're capable of more love, God. I pray that 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 tender, healing mercy would, would permeate this room, God. Every heart begin to feel that soft warmth of the Holy Spirit beginning to flow like water across this room. You're a God of miracles. You're a God of the impossible. You're a God of the incredible. And I thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray you would reward every action in this room right now. That anyone who in their heart moves towards you, you move toward them, God. That you'll honor every effort. Please, God, honor every effort in this room right now. If someone is trying to get closer to you, God, I pray it'd be like almost like double time at work, like holiday pay. You put in the same amount of effort, but you get... Two, three times the results. God, I'm asking for that divinely right now. Just, right, just, just this time, God, in this room, I pray for holiday pay. I, f- I feel like we're, de- we're deserving combat pay, God. We've been through some things, and I'm just praying an overdose of your love and your mercy and your grace in this room right now, Jesus. It's in your precious name. It's in your precious holy name we pray. Amen. Amen amen. Did you guys eat today? Did you get get something to eat? Everybody got a plate? I don't want everybody going away hungry, and I don't want anybody going away hurting. This space is open. These keys are going to continue to play. This space is here. God's presence is here. The answer to your problems are here, and there's no reason for you to go out there looking. You've already been out there looking. The answer's right here. Okay, you don't have to go anywhere. Don't leave. If you've got any sort of need or you just want to even just spend a, a few minutes in his presence, you can, you can camp out up here, okay? We won't bother you. If you need prayer, a pr- let one of us know we want to pray with you, all right? Okay, that's going to do it for this week. I really hope that this message was a blessing to you. If it was, why not subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us a review? It really does help. Thanks, and have a blessed week.